The following is from East Delta Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at www.eastdeltabc.com. If you would, turn to Ephesians chapter 6. What's happening this weekend? Super Bowl. (laughs) This is Super Bowl Sunday, probably one of the biggest events of the year, I think probably without doubt. Who remembers Super Bowl number one? Anybody who does anybody remember the teams that played in Super Bowl number one? January the 15th, 1967. You know who played in the first Super Bowl? That's pretty good. You know who the most valuable player was? Does anybody else know the Chiefs and the Packers? He's right. Bart Starr was the MVP, the quarterback. Huh? Okay. Who remembers last year's Super Bowl? Who played? Okay. You know who the MVP was? That's good. <laughs> Von Miller. He was a. You know what position he played? You know what position he played? That's pretty close. Linebacker. <laughs> that's pretty good you know it's funny I don't know how many of you remember those things but for this to be such a big day such a big event uh for the last week uh they they this was Super Bowl week leading up to today the Super Bowl Sunday but without looking I remembered who uh went to the Super Bowl last year and I remember who won the Super Bowl last year because I like their quarterback, and I still like him. Uh, he's not playing anymore. Who, do y'all know who he was? Yeah, Peyton Manning. I should have known. Uh, he, uh, he's a good Christian man, and that's what I like about him. Uh, but for this to be such a big event, isn't it funny how we forget about it, some of us, <laughs> uh, over the year, and especially over the years. And I'm sure back in 1967 it wasn't as big a... Uh, an event as it is today, but it's a huge event nowadays. And today, the, the, the Falcons and the Patriots, they're pumped up and they're ready to play the world's biggest game on probably the world's biggest stage. Uh, and the game will be witnessed by millions, if not billions. I don't know, I didn't look that statistic up, but there will be multitudes of people watching this game today. And I'm sure there's multitudes watching already in preparation for what's going to happen a little bit later this uh, this day. And uh, there's a there's a uh, uh, an epic battle that's going to take place that these multitudes are going to watch, and it's going to be a a challenge between the wits and the wills that will decide who becomes the football champions, the, the supreme team in the NFL. And the coaches and the players and all of those things have come together to make, to make this day possible. And the Super Bowl, as I've already said, it's really much more than the game now. It's, it's more an event. There's interviews, there's storylines, there's commercials, puppies, frogs, horses, uh, all kinds of uh, things to grab our attention. And even if you don't particularly like football, a lot of you will tune in just to see what kind of commercials they'll have this year. 
And then tomorrow, all day on TV, they'll talk about the commercials as much as they talk about the game. So really to think about uh, all that's going to take place today and how it's going to follow up, it's really, a, it's really a Super Bowl week, and it's a Super Bowl day, and there's days coming ahead. And you may say, what does that have to do with us here this morning? Well, I'm going to talk about us, and I'm going to talk about the Super Bowl church. I'm going to talk about the, the Super Bowl church, and we're going to look at the Super Bowl football game, and we're kind of going to compare some things between the Super Bowl that we're going to see on TV this evening and what it has or what it means to have a super church, and we're going to call it the Super Bowl church. And you may say, well, I don't, I don't see how any of this is going to tie together. Well, maybe you will, because first of all, in Hebrews 12.1, it says we are surrounded with a great cloud of witnesses. So we are surrounded by this wit group of witnesses, and there's, uh, we're encouraged to lay aside sin and lay aside anything that would entangle us or would slow us down so that we can run the race with endurance, with perseverance that, that's set before us. So the writer of Hebrews says, hey, we're, we're like a team, and in this team, we're in this battle, and we're, we're pressing forward to win the race. We're, we're pressing forward to, to win the contest, as you will. And as we press forward, we've got a huge cloud of witnesses gathered around, and they're spurring us on. And, of course, those are those that are in heaven that are, that are urging us, that are encouraging us, that are spurring us on to win the race, to win the contest. So today at, at 5 or 6 or 7 o'clock, whatever time the Super Bowl starts today, and I really don't know because I, I know where I'm going to be at 6 o'clock. I'm going to be at your house, John Barker, and I hope you're ready for us. And, and, uh, but, but I'll watch part of the game, and I'll watch the rest of the game, and, and in that game there's going to be fans and spectators, and they're going to be cheering their team on. So today we have a great cloud of witnesses, and they're, che- they're cheering us on, they're spurring us on, but, but what else does uh, past Super Bowl champions, and there's been some great, great ones in the past, what are some other similarities and characteristics of the makeup of their teams and an effective New Testament church? Are there any more similarities? I believe there are. In the game today, there will be helmets. And the Bible says us as Christians, put on the helmet of salvation. There will be shoulder pads. And the Bible tells us to put on the breastplate of righteousness. There will be girdle and thigh pads, which which the Bible tells us girding the loins with truth. They will have cleats on. And the Bible says that we need to shod our feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And there will be blocking schemes today. And the Bible tells us that we're to take up the shield of faith, that we can block the the, the arrows of the evil one, of of Satan. There's a lot of key areas, and we find them in Ephesians chapter 6. And I'm just going to ask for a peppermint from somebody, because if not, I'm going to sound like Froggy here in a few minutes. Here, Jim's going to send... Y'all are just wanting to throw stuff at me. (laughs) Those are brothers there, and they're ten pews apart, and they both... I appreciate that. Boy, I know there's some kids in here that says, that ain't fair. (laughs) But... No, I drank all my water. (laughs) All right, back to to Ephesians here. Ephesians chapter 6, listen to this. And this is Paul, and he's writing, and uh, as we even think back to what... Uh, the writer of Hebrews says, we're, we've got a, a contest before us. 
We've got a cloud of witnesses. They're spurring us on. They're cheering us on. And Paul says, finally, be strong in the Lord, in verse 10, and in His mighty power, and put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of Satan. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the buckle of truth around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in its place. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. (coughs) And in addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is that of God's word. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert. And always keep on praying for all the saints. So as we read this passage in Ephesians and we see that picture of a, of a warrior, a mighty warrior, one thing I want to remind you about, and we're not going to go into a lot of the, uh, of the, uh, the garment of the, the soldier, but all of the things you see there are all on the front of the soldier. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. That's, that'll be better. <laughs> they didn't throw it at me. That's right. But all of those things are on the front. And, and think about this. The reason why, there was no place for retreat. If you turned your back, there's, there was no protection on the back. So when, when Paul is describing, and he may have been in prison here and looking at a, a Roman soldier, and he begins to compare a spiritual battle with that, all of those things are, are urging us to move forward. Just like in a, in a contest of a football game, there's, there's no place for retreat. We're to be pressing forward. So as we think about some of the similarities, here's the first thing that we find, I think, in a, a good New Testament Super Bowl church and we also find on a, on a good NFL team is we need to have a good defense. We need to have a good defense. You know, it's been said that offense sells tickets, but defense wins championships. If you go back to last year in the Denver Broncos, and if you hate football, I apologize this morning. We're going to talk a little bit about it. And uh, The Denver Broncos didn't have a great offense, did they? They didn't have a good quarterback as much as I like Manning. He was not a, a great quarterback. He was at the end of his career. He was injured. And they had a pretty good offense, but they had an outstanding defense. And because they had such a great defense, Cam Newton, y'all remember him? You know, he was the, the great Superman that ripped his show and showed everybody he was Superman every time they scored. Well, all of a sudden, Superman was, was rendered ineffective because the team had put together a great, solid defense. So we as Christians, we must be able to be ready and be prepared with a good defense. We need to be prepared to turn back the opposing team or that which comes against us. And we see here, Paul talks about in Ephesians that, that we have spiritual battles going on and we have Satan who's wanting to attack us, who's wanting to tear us down because we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of this dark world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Therefore... 
put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand the day of evil and do all you can to stand. So we need to have a good defense. And when we read this passage, and as I said, we're not going to look at all of these things, it lays out what our defensive plan is. It's salvation. It's the righteousness. It's the word of God. It's the, it's the shield that we hold up, our shield of faith and the sword of God. So he lays out what we need to be a Super Bowl church, to be a winning team. We need to have a good defense. And in having a good defense, we need to learn to defend the faith. In other words, we need to have a, a reason. If someone asks us, hey, why are you a Christian? Hey, why do you go to church? Hey, why do you do these things? And how do you respond these ways? Peter said this, set apart the Lord in your hearts and be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you for the hope that you have. What reason do you have these things? And we need to be prepared to defend the faith. He says with that, do it with gentleness and do it with respect or do it with meekness and fear. And so as we're defending the faith, as we are defenders, we must also have a reason and know what we're defending. We're to set apart Christ and our Lord that we might have a good defense prepared. Here's something else a Super Bowl team would have in a Super Bowl church. We need to have a good playbook. Have you ever looked at those play sheets that those coaches carry? We did a Bible study out here a couple of years ago. I was teaching our, our college and career class, and we uh, did a Bible study that was with Coach Joe Gibbs. He's a good Christian man, and, and in this, he had a picture of his playbook. And in this playbook, there's all kinds of squares, and there's all kinds of, of different areas. And on those squares, they'll say, plays for first and ten, plays for second and long, Plays for third and short. Plays for the red zone. Passes for 5 to 15 yards. Passes for 15 to 25 yards. Goal line plays. And in all of those squares, he, he's able to look at that play sheet and that playbook. And, and he's able to say, okay, this has been pretty successful in long yardage. Or this has been pretty successful on the goal line. And through that, he's able to come together with a good playbook. And for us to be a championship church, we need to understand our playbook. And our playbook, of course, is the Bible. God has given us everything we need to be victorious. He's given us the words. He's given us the, the reasons. He's given us all kinds of things that we can go and we can take the playbook of the one who created us and we can find victory through that. And the thing about the playbook is, you know, everyone on the team needs to memorize the playbook. Now, we can't memorize all the Bible, can we? But a good player, he sits down, he studies it. Not only does they, do they study that playbook, they go out on the field that day and they practice a little bit of what they studied. And the next day, they take another play and they look at that playbook and they see how it's designed. And then they go out and they practice it. Well, folks, we need to do the same thing. We come to Bible study. We come to hear someone preach or someone teach or we go to a lady study or we open our Bibles in the morning and we read a little bit of the playbook. We need to take that and that part of which we understand, we need to go out and practice it. Because when we start practicing it, when we get in the heat of the battle, we don't have to think, oh, my goodness, what did the playbook say? Because we've been practicing it day after day after day we can say, okay, here comes the defense, here comes the offender, here comes the one who wants to attack me. I've been in my playbook. 
I understand what it says. Here's how I need to respond. Isn't that kind of what a football team does? They line up. The quarterback lines up. He looks at the defense. All that stuff they're hollering up there at the defense. And, and uh, I was laughing. I was, watching, I was watching one quarterback this year, and uh, they had a linebacker, and it was the Mike. It was Mike. And he said, 32's Mike. And he went, no, I'm not. And he went, 32's Mike. No, I'm not. 32's Mike. No, I'm not. He was hollering back at him. And, and that, that was going on between them. And what he was telling, he was telling his lineman, hey, this guy's going to blitz over here. Somebody needs to pick him up. And, and here, this corner over here is off, so you need to go out. And he's, he's adjusting all those things because he understands the playbook. And as Christians, that should be us. Listen to what Psalms 119 says. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Listen to what uh, God says in his word in, in Joshua. You shall meditate therein on my word day and night, that you may observe it and do all according to that which is written therein. See, the Lord says, I have a playbook, and we need to study it, and we need to understand it, and we need to be in this book, and, and that way as Satan attacks, we can stand up and say, okay, here he comes. I can see him on the horizon right here, and, and here's how I need to respond to this. So not only do we need to have a good defense, we need to have a good playbook. Here's the third thing. We need a good play caller. We need a good coach. We need a good play caller. I personally don't like Bill Belichick. Does anyone like him? Does his wife like him? Does he like himself? Uh, if you ever see him, he's such a sad guy. He's such an angry-looking guy. But evidently, he is a great coach because he's taking his team to the, to the Super Bowl year after year after year after year. And even in the years that he didn't make it to the, the big game, he made it deep in the playoffs. So you have to recognize him as he, he's a pretty good coach. He's a pretty good play caller. When we look at us as Christians, the Holy Spirit is our play caller. We might say, well, it's God that, that calls the play. Well, not as Christians, really. Uh, he not only tells us, he directs us, he guides us, but he's doing that through God the Father. So, so the Holy Spirit is something, if we think about our play caller and we think about as, as the, be a Super Bowl church, as we get those, those signals from God, those, those impulses, those times that, that we feel like the Holy Spirit's leading us, we need to say, okay, this is what he's called. This is how the Holy Spirit's leading for me to be victorious. I need to follow him. I need to follow this direction. What do we do sometimes? We get that urging of the Spirit. We get led one way, and we think, man, I really would rather go the other way. That happens in football, doesn't it? You know, a play, something happens, and a, and a player gets over here, and, and he stops for a minute, and he decides, I'm going to do something else. What usually happens? Somebody just runs through him or runs over him. And all the fans go, what a stupid play you called. Why would you have told him to go that way? When the coach is saying, that wasn't a play at all. <laughs> that wasn't my direction for you at all. I had laid out the plan and the blocking scheme and all the things for you to go here, but you chose to go your own way. Sometimes we're a little bit successful in that. But more times than not, 
we fail, when we fail to follow the, the call of the Holy Spirit. So for us to follow the call of the Holy Spirit, we need to have an illumination. We need to have an understanding. We, we need to say, okay, I need to, I need to know. And having intimacy with God is how we have a two-way conversation to God. And we begin to understand more about what God desires for us. We begin to understand how God is leading us in a certain direction and how He wants us moving in a certain direction. The Holy Spirit of God, it opens our minds and it makes us understand we speak to God in prayer and He speaks to us through His Word and the Holy Spirit. If it's a one-way conversation and we're always praying, we're always praying, we're always praying, and we say, God never speaks to me. Are you, are you turning to His playbook? Are you opening His Word and, and reading His Word and then letting the Holy Spirit lead us and direct us and open our minds? That's how it works because Corinthians says we've not received. Now have we now we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit which is of God that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God which things we also speak not in words which is man's wisdom but with the holy spirit or the holy ghost that teaches us comparing spiritual things with the spiritual. See the Paul understood this. We, we, we understand and we have our being and we have our directions through study of God's Word and through the Holy Spirit leading us and teaching us in the things that we should do and the ways that we should go. So we have a good defense. Super Bowl Church, we're prepared. We're ready for the attacks of Satan, and they're going to come. We have a good playbook. We have the Bible. We have the, the playbook to go and study and to find out wisdom and to find out where Satan and, and understand his schemes and his, his ideals that we might withstand a bit. We have a good play caller in the Holy Spirit that can guide us and direct us. Here's the fourth thing we need to be championships, to be a championship church, to, to be a Super Bowl contender. We have to go hard for 60 minutes. Now, that's more than that. We're going 60 minutes this morning. But I'm not talking about just 60 minutes. I think we can change that to as a Super Bowl church. We have to play hard for life. I mean, today in the game, there's going to be two teams, and they're going to play 60 minutes worth of football, and they're going to play as hard as they can. For us in life, we need to play all four quarters. And it's important for us to understand that a lot of battles are won in the mind. A lot of battles are won in the heart long before they're ever on the battlefield. And as Christians, when we think about finishing the race, as, as the writer of Hebrews said, then we need to realize we have those four quarters and we need to work hard and we need to finish the race. We need to finish the contest and, and we don't need to stop and we don't need to give up. We need to persevere. That scripture we read said we needed to persevere. That means to a persistent in state, to persist in a state, an, an enterprise or an undertaking in spite of counter-influences, opposition, or discouragement. Paul says we need to persevere in spite of, of other forces that come against us, in spite of opposition, in spite of discouragement. We need to persevere. We need to, we need to stay in the game right up to the, to the fourth quarter till the, till the bell rings. Listen to what the Lord said. He says, I know the course that I've called you to run. I've called you to run. I, I've, I've given you a path. I, I've given you a direction, and I know what it is. And we need to persevere. 
The second thing we read over in, now I'm, I'm back over here in, in Hebrews, is, is don't let things slow you down. The writer of Hebrews says we need to throw off the things that hinders us. Throw off the things that entangle us. Have you ever been somewhere and uh, all of a sudden something happens and you, you try to run and you don't realize your feet are all tangled up in, in something? If you're cutting wood and you, you've about got that tree to fall right over there and all of a sudden that tree starts to fall this way and you start to run and you, your, fang, your feet are all tangled up and, and you don't... Part of what we teach at, at Encore when I was a safety rep is this. Leave yourself an out. If you're working, go ahead and clear you a path, whatever you're doing, where when something goes south, you'll, you'll have a way out. You'll understand what it is. So the writer of Hebrews says, don't let those things slow you down. Throw them off. And he also says we need to finish well and remember those that cloud of witnesses that he talks about, he's talking about those Christians that have gone on. And we need to remember those. If you watch the Dallas Cowboys in their playoff game this year, the one they won, they won game they had this year, did you notice who was in the press boxes up there? Roger Staubach was there. Y'all remember him? You know, Tony Dorsett was sitting there right next to Emmett Smith. They were all there, the, the greats from the past. And why were they there? Because Jerry Jones or the players or the coach said, hey, let's, let's surround ourselves with those who's had victories that we might, as a team, look towards them. And a lot of times they have those old players come in and, and give a speech right before the game starts to, to encourage, to, to pump the team up. With the Cowboys, it was Roger Staubach and Emmett Smith and Tony Dorsett, and there were others there from the past. For us, it's that great cloud of witnesses that, that are encouraging us and pushing us on. As we play for those 60 minutes or those four quarters, as we begin to get tired, as we begin to slow down, as, as the weight of the world begins to weigh us down, we need to remember and we need to realize there's a great crowd with us, and they're encouraging us and they're spurring us on to victory. The last thing this morning, we need to learn to put things in proper perspective. You know, sometimes we, we, we hear a lot about this is a great player. He's learned to play with pain. And, of course, they're talking about some kind of physical ailment. But a lot of times I think we as Christians, when, when things don't go right and when we're hurting many ways, when we're hurting spiritually, when something's gone wrong out, outside of our circle and, and it's hurting our heart, we, we often we just give up on God, don't we? And we say, why would you allow this to happen, God? And why am I having to go through this? And we just get over and sit on the bench. And we cross our arms and we just pout and we say, well, the game's not going the way I wanted it, so I'm just going to quit. We need to put things in per perspective. We need to think less about pain and less about our things and, and think about God's approval, and, and when we're going through those rough times, I'm not saying we stick our head in the sand. We, we go to God and we say, I don't understand. I don't understand what's going on, and we, we commit ourselves to Him, and we worship Him. We sing a song that says, I'll praise you in the storm, and I'll lift my head, even in the midst of the storms, even in the midst of our pains. We, we praise God, and we say, God, I know you're teaching me, and, and I'm going to move through this difficult time and, and continue to play through that pain. And then think about people. You know, Jesus constantly had disapproval and opposition from people. Football coaches, man, they're on top or they're on bottom, aren't they? 
I mean, I work, I'm just an old lineman, that's what I say, a dumb lineman. They, they told us one time they could teach monkeys to be a lineman. <laughs> so that's not a compliment if you didn't know. Uh, but, man, I could call a football game from my, from my armchair, can't you? Boy, that was stupid. Why did you ever call that? Why did you ever do that? Well, can't you see that's not going to work? And, and we get, we, we as the, the folks on the team sometimes, you know, it, it happens a lot in the, in the cornerbacks and the safety. Uh, some receiver will come free, and they'll throw it and, and have a big gain. And, and everybody goes, oh, that's, where, where are you at, man? Why are you in the middle of the field? You're supposed to be over there with this guy. When actually it was somebody way up on the line supposed to be with that guy. And that guy ends up tripping and falling, and this, this poor cornerback out here is trying to cover two people, and, and he's with this guy, and the other guy's wide open. Everybody looks at him and says, man, you need to cut that guy off the team. It wasn't even his fault. He wasn't even his guy. But we can look at it, and, and we can say, oh, you need to do this. And, and we as players, we get discouraged about that. And, and we say, you don't understand. And see, we need to have our perspectives right, because our job and our goal is, to please our coach. Our, our job is to say, okay, this is what the play was called, and this is how I'm, and, and I'm not worried about the approval of men because God has led me in this direction, and I'm going to go in this direction. And our perspective is don't worry so much about what people think, but worry more about what God thinks and how He's directing us. When I was in High school, I went to Kansas City, Missouri for the FFA National Convention. I think I may have told you all this. We had a speaker there uh, sitting up on the stage. He was an old guy. He looked kind of like Alfred Hitchcock to me. I mean, he kind of had the big round belly. And, and uh, he got up, and you all will be familiar with this. He got up, and there were several thousand FFA students there. And he walked up to the microphone, and he said, Never! Never give up. Turned around and walked back over and sat down. We, we thought, who, who is this guy? You know, I mean, who is this guy? He, is that it? You know, is that is this whole speech? And, and he got up and he began to talk in Norman Vincent Peale and he began to talk about uh, that speech and he began to talk about how we need to move forward in our life and how we need to, to never give up. Never give up. Never give up. And folks, for us as Christians, we, re- we need to realize we don't, we don't ever need to give up. To be, to be a champion, to be that Super Bowl church, we need to have a good defense. We need to have a good playbook. We need to have a good play caller. And we need to play hard for all four quarters and never, never give up. Let's pray together. Father, Lord, today, I pray that as we consider the, the desire to win the contest laid before us, Father, I pray that we'd know that you've given us a great crowd of witnesses to encourage us, to spur us on. Father, you've given us this playbook of life that we need to spend some time in, that we need to study, that we need to find your direction, and and we need to find your plays and your purpose for us, Father. Lord, you've given us a good defense that we'll be able to withstand the, 
the fiery darts of the evil one and the schemes of Satan as he prowls around like a roaring lion seeking that which he can devour, as he looks for that foothold within our relationships, within our families, within our jobs, within our lives. You've given us the tools that we can defend against those attacks of the enemy. Father, you direct us through your spirit. You give us a spirit of understanding. And, and Father, you, you help us to, to fulfill the things that you would have for us. You give us the right tools and put us in the right situations that, that we can succeed and that we can have victory. And Father, you desire for us to, to run that race with perseverance and to never give up. Till we're called home. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your direction in our life. I, I thank you that you tell us how we can have victory even in the midst of a struggle, of a battle, in the midst of that spiritual warfare that we fight, that you've given us the victory through your Son, Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray today that we would know simply for the asking, simply knowing that we have failed you, that we've sinned, and simply for the asking, we can have forgiveness and we can have eternal life that ultimately will win the crowns that are waiting us. Father, I pray today as we examine ourselves and see where we're at on this team, Lord, I pray for those that are, that are outside our, our brotherhood today. I pray, Lord, that, that today would be a day of salvation, that they might join your family and we'd be brothers and sisters in Christ. Through your son, Jesus. Father, I pray for those who've, who's just kind of given up and they're just kind of there on the bench. Father, I pray today that, Lord, you'd, you'd put us back in the game, Lord, and we'd know that you still have a plan. You still have a purpose for us, no matter where we are, how old we are, what our past looked like. Father, I pray today that you'd just spur us on with a, a desire to know your word, to study your word, and then, Father, to go out in the field and to put it in practice, that we'd be prepared for that day. Lord, I pray that we'd be looking for you and looking toward you that we might have victory in our life. And I pray this now in the name of Jesus. Amen.